The following is the English translations of Pastor Mong En Wu's teaching on the Book of Genesis, chapter eleven and twelve, translated by David. Today we will reveal Genesis chapter eleven and twelve. In these chapters, you will see two paths forming. More apparently, one path is what mankind want to build in Babel, and eventually becoming the Great Babylon or the Great Promiscuous Women. The other path is established. By God through His Church in becoming the New Jerusalem at the end. At the end of time, these two will be at war. In chapter eleven of Genesis, we will see clearly. First, let's look at verse one and two. Now the whole earth had one language, in the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and settled there. You must remember the land of Shinar. This is same as the land of Babylon, where people converge and gather here. They disobey God's commandment to multiply and populate the earth everywhere. If you review carefully in chapter ten, from verse eight to ten, Cush fathered Nimrod. He was the first on earth to be a mighty man. Here, the reference of mighty man. It's not a good thing. It means this person is extremely violent in nature. And then in verse ten, you see, the beginning of the kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, and Kalnat, and in the land of Sinar. So this guy Nimrod is the one who first starting to build his own kingdom on this land of Sinar. This is the beginning of humanism. So you see in verse three and four that this. And they said to one another, "Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves." You see, God's will from the very beginning is for mankind to increase in number and fill the earth and multiply. But then, when mankind sinned and their ambition raised, they no longer want to separate. They want to gather in one place to make tower with its top in heavens, meaning that they want to be God's equal. Satan, the evil one's work, did not just happen in the Garden of Eden. His evil work started again as soon as people got off the Noah's Ark. So we must be very careful in, to live before God. In verse six, the Lord said, "Behold, they are one people." And they have all one language, and this is the only, the beginning of what they will do. And nothing they propose to do will now be impossible for them. In Hebrews, he says that these people want to do their own thing, and it will lead to the path of complete destruction, and no one could stop them. So why did God confuse their language? Because he wants to protect mankind from completely destruct. Once they reach the tops of the heaven and sin against one another, so once God confuses their language, and then they will separate. It is not the problem about the tower; it is about people building their own kingdom and stopping them from complete destruction. So, in verse eight, the Lord dispersed them, dispersed them from there over the face. Of all the earth, and left off 
buildings the city. And in verse 9, therefore, its name was called Babel. Because, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. Later in the book of Acts, this was changed. When mankind sought unity with God, and God granted us tongue. So when they started to speak the languages of the nations, the gospel started to spread across the world. We will talk about this in greater detail when we read the book of Acts. So God confused the language to protect them. And when we seek unity with God in not building their own kingdom, and we'll be blessed with eternity. So the whole chapter 10 and through chapter 11 verses 1 to 9, you see the two paths forming. One leads to the Babel and the one to life. Chapter 11, verse 10, and after you see, the record showed that there are the generations of Shem. When Shem was 100 years old, he fathered Abrashat. Two years after the flood, so the records there are very different from how it was recorded back in the earlier chapters in Genesis 4 and 5. In chapter 5, you recorded only how long they lived. And in chapter 11, you recorded not only how long they lived, but when they fathered their children and how many more years they lived and so on and so forth. That this generation is full of hope. And these 10 generations here, again, stop at verse 26. It recorded three children. Abram, Nohor, and Haran. In the order of the birth, it's purposely reversed. Haran was the oldest. Nohor, Nahor was the second child, and Abram, the youngest of the three. Haran probably died at an early age. The featured character of the story is Abram, so he was listed first. So you see, from verse 1 to 9, what mankind wanted to do, and after God confused the language, he prepared a path of salvation. This person got prepared for is named Abram. The family vital records here reflects how many more years they live after and after. This foretells the living hope. The verse 30, now Sarai was barren. She had no child. We will reveal this in more detail in chapter 12. In verse 31, it shows that Terod took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son's Abram's wife. And they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled here. So the city is named Haran, after the deceased older brother of Abram, because they are a claim of a prominent family. You know, moving from Ur to the land that is really a test of faith. At that time, the city of Ur was quite developed, and they have to travel 1,900 miles to get to Haran. People would think that you were where you if you're already living in a vibrant city, why would you want to move to this very underdeveloped countryside? It is because God is preparing them to be on the path. He had prepared for them to the land of Canaan. So family, 
What is your choice seeing these two paths in chapter 11? Abram stopped and stayed at Haran because he was waiting for God's further instruction. For someone who obeys God, you will live a life of faith. There is time to walk in the wilderness before you enter the promised land. God prepare for you. You will go through trials, but it is the life's best purification process into a holy life. So ask God to help us as we begin our journey in faith that we will start with the right path, walk in truth and be real solid. Let's review chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred in your father's house to the land that I will show you. So when they move out of earth, away from sin, a place that idolizes the moon god, and settling to Haran was already a huge breakthrough because Abram obeyed and responded to God's command. The Lord given him seven blessings. In verse 2 and 3, First, I will make you a great nation. Second, I will bless you. Third, blessing making your name great. Fourth, so that you will be a blessing. And fifth, I will bless those who bless you. And sixth, who dishonors you, I will curse. And seventh, you and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You see, God's blessings begins when we take that first leap of faith. A lot of times we ask God to show us first, and then we'll have the confidence to step out. But here, Abram, you see, when we step out first in faith, then comes God's promises. Grace will come and commitment shall come. So this is not about when all is said and done and I'll prepare, then I step out in faith. But I obey God when he tells me to go and I shall go. So when take that first step, promise will come. Callings and revelations will come. So we can pray over these seven blessings. Lord, help me to enter this kingdom. This is your promise to us. Lord, may you bless me and that my life can glorify your name. So all around me shall receive blessings too. Wherever I go, people around me shall receive the blessing of salvation. So I can experience, so I can experience your power in the area of relationships. Those who bless me, you shall bless and protect them too. All those who attack me, hurt me, and curse me, you shall go against them. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. It is true that when God's sons are revealed, all on earth shall be blessed. The formation of church and the preparation of new bride is all for this purpose. I encourage you to pray for these seven blessings throughout the day. Let it be fulfilled in your family, in your children, in your church. No matter where you go, these seven promises will follow us. So you see from verse 4 to 6, Abram really took that leap of faith. In verse 6, Abram passed through the land to the place uh, Shedcham, to the oak of Morah, and at the time the Canaanites were in the land. He went another 800 plus miles to reach there from Haran. He paid a hefty price to get there with his whole family and all that carry with camels and all. Shichen is a interesting place, what is described as the big crossroad. 
So where do you go from here? To the east, west, south, or north? It is the center of the land of Canaan. This is a prosperous place and full of idols. God will often give us opportunity to make choices in our life. Do you want to depend on God or depend on the prosperity of the world? <clears throat> they have been suffering so much from Ur to Haran and from Haran to here, 2,700 miles plus of journey in a period of six months to a year. So the life of Christian is about making choices, making choices at these crossroads. Do you choose God or the world? You choose God's world or comfort your flesh, the comfort of your flesh. At the time Abram's about to make a choice, God revealed to him in verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. At this point, Abram is about to learn two things. One is about offspring. Abram first thought about Lot as his offspring, his nephew and adopted son. And in chapter 13, 14, you see Lot left him, and he realized perhaps it's not Lot, maybe it's another. Then he thought, maybe not them either. Maybe it's Ishmael. Oh, it is not him either. Then he realized it's Isaac. God guide him to understand what is offspring. Now, in your own process of trying to understand God's will, you may stumble. But as long as you continue to seek Him, He will reveal to you. And second, how do we receive God's revelation clearly? That is to build altar, live a life of prayer and worship. His revelation will be more and more clear to you. Starting in verse 8 was His first trial. From there on, Abraham moved to the hills countries on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called up on the name of the Lord. So you got to remember verse 8, when Abraham failed, failed and felt weak, God will bring him back to this place. This is the place where God promised of offspring. This is also the place that he will buy his family to and where to be buried. He built an altar here and God established family inheritance here and built this unshakable city and foretell a new heaven and earth. But then soon after Abram gradually moved down south where he was where he was at where prosperous but the famine happened and he moved towards Egypt. Verse 10, now there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was severe in the land. Why did he do that? Because Southland is poor, there is famine, and his wife is barren. All kinds of difficulties arise. So when God's promise comes, it is also time for trial. Do you have the faith to follow, and you focus, or you focus on the circumstances? In this first trial, Abram failed to seek God. And when he moved to south and towards Egypt, he did not build altar. So a prayer life will sustain us in God's promised land. Before they arrived to Egypt, he got fearful of what I think. Egyptians value monogamous 
marriage. If the woman is beautiful, yeah, I could just kill the husband and marry the woman. So Abram told a white lie. He says he tells Sarah that he tells fathers that Sarah was his sister, which is true in his family tree. Not only he by telling that lie that he would not be killed, he could uh, grant or deny marriages of his sister to another and be protected and honored. But Abram never thought that the Pharaoh appeared. He thought it would be to be some other civilians and such that would want to take his wife. But no, the prince of Pharaoh, the Pharaoh had their eye on Sarah and praised her to the Pharaoh. And she was taken into the palace and the Pharaoh gave Abram sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male servants, and camels. So because of Abram's weakness, he received these goods because his lies, he received all these blessings. What God did was indeed very ironic. Abram realized because he tried to save his own life, but instead got this great shame in return. Even with his blessings resulted from a lie. So in verse verses 17 to 19, Egypt was in trouble. So the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that you have done to me? Now, as a Christian, when we behave wrongly and got blamed by non-believers, it's such a shame. We're supposed to receive these blessings from God, so our name will be great, and it will be a blessing to others, and others shall bless. But instead, Abram was shamed. What have you done? Because of this, Abram learned a lesson. Do not succumb to the current circumstances and lose God's callings in destinations for you. If you persist on what he promised you, you shall receive blessings. God is gracious and merciful. Our weakness gets exposed, our shortcoming and our sin gets exposed, but it won't affect God's calling and chosen destiny for us. He may prune and discipline you, but if you are willing to be taught, he will bring you back to his chosen destiny for you. In verse 20, in the Pharaoh, give men water concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. So where did he send him? Abram ended up back to the same place where he built the altar. So beloved family, chapter 11 talks about two paths. One is the path of Babylon. The other is God has prepared the path of salvation for the faithful bride as Abram. Which path shall we take? Build a city and tower and tops to heaven? Or stay faithful and follow God step by step? What is your choice? The record of lies will have value to God as we follow God. He will give us blessings and promises. You must continue to build altar and worship him. He will reveal to you what is offspring and to be blessed in what is great nation, in what is all will be blessed in you, in what is your name will be great. When Abram heard for the first time, he did not understand these promises. This promise, this vision, and this destiny were shown to him many times before he, before he finally begins to understand. So beloved family, live a life of building altar, which is a life of prayer, 
and study the word in Bible. So what God has destined you shall be more and more clear to you, and you will have the strength to step into you, onto it. Amen.